Hi everyone, welcome to the third edition of Sorcerers. I'm Nandini Krishnan and today I'm going to talk about a novel that's been one of the best sellers of 2023 across the world, Yellow Face. It spent weeks on the top selling lists on several newspapers, was the Amazon Book of the Year, the Foils Fiction Book of the Year, shortlisted for the same honor on Waterstones, and won the Goodreads Choice Award for Best Fiction. The book itself hasn't won a whole lot of literary honors and apparently the author's agent tried to convince her it wouldn't be a good idea to write so openly about the publishing industry. But it did get me thinking about several things, not necessarily what the author wanted to put in the heads of her readers perhaps, but I'll get to that in a bit. Uh, first, a little bit about the book for those who don't really know. Written by fantasy novelist Rebecca F. Quang, uh, aka R.F. Quang, it isn't quite fantasy. It was one of the most talked about books of 2023 and the writer's first venture into literary fiction. It's been called metafiction on social media and a satire on the publishing industry. So the story follows Juniper, aka June Hayward, a middling writer who has seen moderate success, pitched into the glamorous world of top echelon publishing. When she steals a novel from Athena Liu, a writer who suddenly dies before the world sees her final manuscript, as in the last manuscript that she's got. And apparently this is one of those writers who doesn't share uh, advanced copies or first drafts with anyone, including her agent. To be honest, I found the premise a little jarring. Either you believe the author is a creation of the publishing industry and therefore anything she writes is considered wonderful, or you believe she is a brilliant writer and a book by her will be considered wonderful even if it were published under another name. So um, I think somewhere the, the problem with this book is it's the story or the premise is sort of stuck in the middle. Now for decades, uh, famous writers have been trying to prove how hypocritical the publishing industry is by approaching agents and their own publishers with their manuscripts under the names of beginners. Uh, J.K. Rowling was among those who said that was her intention when she wrote as Robert Galbraith. But then the fact that she was Galbraith was, perhaps usefully for the publishers, leaked before the book got to the stands, so we'll never really know. But then Athena Liu was of Chinese origin, and the book follows a group of Chinese soldiers who served in the First World War. Well, actually, they weren't so much soldiers as laborers sort of forced into uh, the war forced to be soldiers for the war. You might argue that an American woman of Chinese origin born in the new millennium in the United States had about as little to do with the Chinese soldiers of the First World War as an American woman of, let's say, Irish or German or English or Dutch origin, a Caucasian woman in other words, born in the same country around the same time. Yet the publishing industry tries to present June Hayward as vaguely Asian. Usefully, her middle name is Song, thanks to her mother having gone through a hippie phase. Song as in song, singing, not Song as in the Korean slash Chinese name. So the book is presented as having been written by Juniper's Song. And then a publishing executive of Asian origin suggests a sensitivity read, which might not have been the case uh, if the book had been written by Athena Liu. Which was what got me thinking about the question I want to discuss here, which is, who has the right to write about what? 
I must say here that this is not really a strong theme in Yellowface, which is more like a mystery than a work of literary fiction. To me, the book quite literally loses the plot at some point. And I liked it mainly for its night digs at the publishing industry, which I as an author can relate to. One of the things it alludes to is the discussion about diversity in publishing. And it's almost like there's an algorithm, isn't it? There are prizes and grants, especially for women of color. And if you look at the winners of uh, awards, particularly in translation, it tends to be a race for the bottom of the pyramid of privilege. Ideally, the author and or, or the protagonist, preferably and, um, as in preferably both, should be the most underprivileged they can be in terms of race, class, caste if relevant, creed if not, education, every parameter of socioeconomic identity. Perhaps the classic example of this would be the Booker Prize winner of 2008, White Tiger by Arvind Adiga. It was considered authentic, perhaps for being an Indian story by an Indian writer, Although you could argue that the protagonist and the writer have perhaps about as much in common as the protagonist and writer of Jan Martin's Life of Pi. Another book of winner, another novel about India, although not by an Indian author. Some years ago, there was something of a social media standoff between Atish Tasir and Patrick French following the publication of their two articles in the Hindustan Times. Patrick French had written an interesting piece which looked at both the wariness of Indians in having non-Indians write about them and the almost apologetic stance of Firangis, as he called them, praising rags and Dastan Goi and uh, joking about other Firangis to show they are not the bad ones. He called it a state of polite apology. Atish Tassi spoke about how no one would object to serious writers such as Catherine Boo and Patrick French writing about India, but how, within quotes, a little xenophobia was not a bad thing. We might also consider how V.S. Nayapal, who could not really be considered Indian or perhaps even non-British in any way or form, was and often remains at the receiving end of hatred for his series of books that called out everything that is repulsive about India, starting with the filth on the roads and the tendency of people to use public spaces as public toilets. India perhaps likes to be exoticized in the eyes of non-Indians. And maybe that's what the world wants to, like, you know, think about this, how many books about in India that is not coming out of partition misery, or that does not have caste and class or religion as its central focus, how many books that might have been set in any part of the world without being particularly different, have been published outside India, as in, I mean, books by Indian authors have been published outside India if they don't fulfill all these parameters. Do Indian writers get to tell the regular stories of families and lives in India or are they still expected to portray a particular kind of India, an India with problems, an India that suits the eye of the West which is where the money in publishing is? And can we think of a future in which it will be alright to write about the lives of people who meet at a bookshop in Delhi um, as it is with, you know, let's say Seoul now? So can India be another South Korea? But one also wonders whether at this point in time, Jan Martel could have got away with writing Life of Pi without being criticized for being a white man, writing about people who are not white, never mind that he was holidaying in Pondicherry sometime before he wrote that novel. Or would any Indian writer at any point of time have got away with writing about, let's say, a French family in Paris after holidaying there for a while? 
Kazuo Ishiguro is arguably the one writer of Asian origin who writes consistently about characters who aren't Asian. Of course, Vikram Seth uh, wrote an equal music, but it is nowhere near as popular or as well known as his A Suitable Boy. Amit Chaudhary has consistently written about ordinary lives in Indian families, stories that, as I said, could have taken place anywhere in the world with certain modifications. As does Jeet Thayil, whose latest book, Names of the Women, does not even vaguely intersect with India in any way. And then there are, there are other considerations in a world that is woke. Social media terminology for politically correct, albeit grammatically incorrect. Can a man write in the voice of a woman, as long as he's writing about the country which he represents? Because that is an important thing for publishers to cross diversity of their checklist, isn't it? Representation. And can, let's say, a straight man write in the voice of a gay man? I personally been trolled and have had to deal with calls for deplatforming because I wrote a book on trans men while being a cis woman. So to come back to yellow face. What if we were to uncomplicate the plot a little bit? What if the manuscript were not stolen, but were based on solid research by a Caucasian woman into the lives of Chinese soldiers during the First World War? Would it have been accepted by the publishing industry? In the story, for as long as they don't know it has been plagiarized, the publishing industry is quite thrilled with it. But what if the writer were not white? Would a person of another race be published if he or she were writing about, let's say, a group of Confederate soldiers in the American Civil War? Perhaps not. And if that is the case, it is something on which the publishing industry needs to reflect. Who then has the right to write about what? And how much does one's race and one's face have to do with it? Do let me know what you think. You can write in to me at feedback at fountaining.in that is f-e-e-d-b-a-c-k at f-o-u-n-t-a-i-n-i-n-k dot i-n. I'll be back with another episode in a couple of weeks. Bye for now.